Let's Hi, everybody. This is your girl, Liana Michelle. And as always, I am faithfully her. Today, I have on with us the very beautiful <laughs> and vivacious Linda Hunt. She is here with us to give us all the tea on her her anthology. She is the anthology doctor, excuse me. And she is a writing coach and media host. So I'm really excited to talk to her so she can give me some tips on me um, being here on a at, in a media hosting platform. Um, Linda Hunt began her writing Hunt began her writing career by telling stories in her solo book, A Man's Sister. Um, she has to date worked with over 30 women gathering their stories and writing her anthologies. And currently she's working on one exclusively for men. So for all the men that always say women have everything, she has something for you too. So just be patient. It's coming. <laughs> um, Linda has been in media for over seven years. She has interviewed multiple guests. And she has also been a guest on several broadcast systems. Um, just to cover a few, she has been featured in Discovering You Magazine, Navi TV, the APN TV Network, WCHB Detroit Gospel Radio, and a numerous other host of podcast shows. Um, in the bio or in the description box below, you're going to have all of her contact information. So if you want to contact her and reach out to her to be a guest on your show or to be a guest on her show or even to be a part of her anthology series, you will know where to reach her. So everybody, please put your hands together and welcome my very special guest, Linda Hunt. Well, thank you so much. I am so grateful to be here, Liana, and I am so grateful to be able to come and just contribute uh, anything that I can, anything that uh, will be uplifting and motivating and uh, to help anyone, uh, particularly in the literary world. And just period, I am a motivator. Uh, one of my girls called me the pusher because I believe in pushing people into their destiny, waking them up um, and saying, hey, let's go. Uh, there's more. And I've always said that on my broadcast on the uh, Marketplace Connection uh, broadcast that I had done for over seven years. And I'd say upgrade your thinking, expand your capacity, you know, leap into your destiny because God wants to give you more. And that's for each and every person today. I want you to know that God wants to give you more. You are more than what you have become. So I'm just grateful to be here and hopefully something that I say would be able to just help someone today. Well, that said it all right there. <laughs> and you know, that is so important. Um, I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday. She's going through a hardship and I didn't find out about it until yesterday. So when I found out, I immediately reached out to her and, you know, I um, ended up saying a prayer with her and sending her a video clip of T.G. Jake saying just that. And oh. um, she was like, oh, my God, I really needed that. Thank you so much. And I was letting her know. I said, you know, I know I can't understand what you're going through. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to even try to understand your feelings in this right now. But I want you to know that God is not going to take you to something he won't bring you through. That's right. And as hard as this is right now, 
I know your faith in God is strong. So I know he's going to see you out of this and whatever it is, he wants you to learn and get out of this, find that lesson because it's going to make you stronger and it's going to give you the, the strength that you need when you get to the other side. And um, I do believe that God wants us to have the more he didn't put us on here to be mediocre. He, he right. brought us here to have that more. So thank you for that message. Amen. Yes, yes. So let's dive in. How did you, what, what, what opened up your door to the media world? Is that where you started or did you shift into it? Yeah, I shifted into it. Um, I have been in sales uh, pretty much all of my career um, in some form, fashion or another. <clears throat> I uh, started out banquet catering. I've done educational sales working for, you know, like the Ross Medicals and the, uh, you know, some of the uh, other uh, small school type, um, you know, places. And um, I've gone uh, from there into, uh, you know, car sales and, um, oh, and I did magazine sales. I forgot about that. I did that for a number of years and which was exciting and meeting people and, and that's where I really realized that that was one of my gifts um, <clears throat> was meeting people, uh, getting a chance to find out what people needed, what they were looking for. And uh, even in the magazine sales, and um, it was a small entertainment magazine here in the um, metro area. And um, we would go, you know, something like Metro Times, we would, I would go out as the sales director and I would go out and I would meet people and they would, you know, they see me coming because they knew I knew other business people. And so I was able to connect them with other business people that had what they needed. And so I realized that I was a connector, that I was an influencer and a connector. And so when I got into car sales, it was the same thing. And I was able to meet a lot of people and still meet people to the day uh, that remember me. And it's just so, you know, it's just so funny that, you know, I was in that for 15 years and to, to, and to think that you leave that kind of impression on people. And that's what makes you successful. I don't care what you're doing. Um, leaving a good impression on people where they know they trust you, number one. Uh, they know that, you know, you're there for them, even in some of the things that might not go right, and particularly with car sales, um, that some things are just unavoidable, but yet they know that you're there for them and you'll take care of the problem because yeah. I believe in good customer service. I yeah. hate bad customer service. <laughs> and so <clears throat> um, that was, you know, kind of how I started. And from there, um, you know, after the car sales, you know, boom and went down and in uh, 2008 and nine, uh, I left the car industry and just kind of did some things, you know, just here and there, some freelance things and just happened into the media sales. One day, um, someone told them about me that, you know, I was working with someone else at that time. And they told them about me, like, you need to get her. She She's a great follow through because I had, you know, got them into a, uh, on this network that I was working with as, you know, the salesperson. And so that's how I got into the last uh, particular um, company that I was with, um, the uh, Nave TV. And I was with them. Uh, they started out as Worship Radio International. And I started with them and, you know, just kind of uh, evolved into that. And um, I just started doing sales with them. And then, 
they asked me to do a broadcast and I felt like, I don't know how to do a broadcast. What am I going to say for 30 minutes or for an hour? <laughs> right. I do sales. You brought me here to make money. And so, <laughs> and so uh, I did it out of fear. Uh, I, you know, I, a lot of times we hold ourselves back because we don't know what we feel like. We don't know what to do, but sometimes God is saying, this is, you know, another area I want to expose you to. And so I did it. I was so afraid uh, because I was like, what am I going to say, you know, for 30 minutes to keep it interesting. And here I am seven years later. So that's been my uh, career. And then, you know, authoring, getting into that came after that. Okay. It's, you know, I, life is a funny journey. It's, it's a funny thing because you would think that you're set, like, you know what you're supposed to be doing. And, and then life comes in and be like, no, I want you to do this. Yes. <laughs> and, and halfway through, now you have to take this whole new road that yeah. you're about. And yeah. And you know what? It's funny that you said that too. Um, you conquered your fear. You know, that you know, um, the Bible says that God does not give us the spirit of fear. Absolutely. And what I've learned is no, he does not give us the spirit to of fear, but I look at it as he doesn't give us the spirit to allow fear to conquer us. Uh -huh. We all do have that fear at some right. time. Something is going to make you fearful. You're going to be afraid about something. You know, whether it's a new career, whether it's buying a house, whether it's this man or whatever right. it is, something right. is going to give you that apprehension and make you maybe take a step back, think twice, rethink it. But it's conquering that fear that, shows, right. the, that shows the strength. When you That's step right. up to the plate and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm a little afraid, but right. I'm not going to run. I'm, That's right. I'm coming. I'm coming through the door anyway. So I always tell like the the um, young ladies and that I mentor. I say, you know, it's okay for you to be afraid. This is a new uh -huh. path for you. This uh -huh. is something new that you've never ventured into before. But are you going to allow that fear to keep you from exploring it, or are you going to step up to the plate and meet that fear in the face? Uh -huh. And that's when you find out who you really are. And mm -hmm. for the, those young ladies that say, you know what, Miss Liana, I'm going to go ahead on and I'm going to step up to it and I'm going to do it. Though They always come back and say, thank you so much for encouraging me to knock on that door or to answer that call, to face that fear because my life changed. I'm doing so much better now. I'm in such a better place now and so forth and so on. So it's not about not being afraid. Like God isn't saying walk through the earth and <clears throat> don't be afraid. He's just saying that when those fearful things come about, don't run and cower and hide. That's right. Step up to it and know that you're stepping up to it. Well, all of the grace and mercy and support and encouragement that God has for you. That's right. You are stepping into it with a powerhouse by yourself. Mm -hmm. And that That's powerhouse right. is God. So That's right. thank you for that. That's right. That's I'm, right. I'm happy that you said that because I remember when I had my heart attack and I was in the hospital and I was like, you know, my son lived in Atlanta. So I was all by myself mm. and I was petrified okay yeah absolutely petrified here i am in a hospital i'm all alone 
I have to wait for my son to get here. So I'm telling the doctors, don't touch me until my child get here. Like, right. keep me alive to get him here, but don't do nothing else. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I need for him to be here first. And I remember reaching out saying, I'm so scared. And all I kept getting back is God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. God doesn't give us. The... And I'm like, hey, that's not what I need right now. Like, that's right. I get that you're trying to be supportive. But that's not what I need right now. I'm right. here alone in a hospital with tubes on me. And I don't know what's happening. I'm 40 something years. Oh, I should not be having a heart attack. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, you, of course, you're going to be fearful in that situation. Right. But once my son got to the city and he was able to talk to the doctors and get some clarity and some understanding, it eased it. And then I was right. like, okay, now I'm ready to fight the fight. You know what That's I'm right. saying? But That's right. Sometimes you're going to have fear. Like, who doesn't? It's normal. It's a human reaction. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, we're human. And I mean, we have faith and we, you know, our faith is not in ourselves. Our faith is in God, first Amen. of all. And so we, you know, when we put our faith in God and say, God, I know what your word says, you know, I trust you. I believe you based on your word, not because of the fact that I'm not fearful at this time. So, you know, I'm asking you to help me, give me the strength to be able to go through this and endure this and, and be able to walk this thing out that I can just, you know, really tap into your word and believe you and hold on to it. And then you have other people that that you need around you that can speak faith for you. When your mm -hmm. faith is low, you mm -hmm. need other people around you that can speak faith for you. And until your faith is built up and you're yeah. strong. Yeah. So, yes, uh, faith, uh, fear is, is a natural element. Uh, we just have to know how uh, to overcome it. It's not going away. And sometimes the fear is there to help us, to push us into this next dimension that God has for us. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So, I mean, if you're not afraid, sometimes I know when I would get up to minister and I remember, you know, uh, my pastors would tell me, say, if you don't have fear before you get up to minister, then you're doing it in your own strength because you think you got it all together. You think that, you know, you, oh, okay, I studied and I know the word. No, you still, you approaching that, that, that place with fear and trembling and say, God, now I, I need you to work with me. <laughs> Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, work with me, you know, but um, I, you, you know, I'm not all of that. Yeah. In my humanness, I, I am still frail and weak, and but I need you. And so that's when the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and help us in those moments. Yes, it does. And amen for that. Amen for that. And I'm so happy you brought that up and you spoke to that because I don't want people to feel like, you know, they just have to be tough all the time. And, oh, no. and you know, my mother used to say, Michelle, if you pray, there's no need to worry. If you're worried, uh -huh. then there's no need to pray. That's right. Because That's once you right. pray about it, God, you, there's nothing to worry about because you have to trust That's that right. God is going to handle it. Whether That's it's right. today, tomorrow, or three years from now, you lay it on the altar and you leave it there. That's you it. You allow That's God it. to the rest of that out. So um, I've been, you know, I've been working on that a lot since my mother. Amen. Away. I have been working on not worrying over things because I will overanalyze and worry about it and worry about it and be like, <laughs> oh my God, I didn't, I didn't pull the hair out of five different wigs. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> the word my hear you. <laughs> but I hear you. But I've learned um, over the past few years. I've learned to just 
give it over to God. And what I'm honestly can honestly, honestly say, thank you, Jesus, is that I have noticed how God has been answering my prayers. Like I would literally sat back and was like, wow, four years ago, I went to God about this and it's actually, it happened. Like I didn't even realize that it happened, that he answered it. Like I kept rolling over with life and didn't even realize that he did provide that answer. And now that's something I don't even have to think about anymore. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like God answers prayers. Thank you, Jesus. He answers prayers. And we just have to just lay them down and trust and believe that he's going to answer them. And not in our time, but in his time. When he's right. for it, when it's time for you to have that, he's going to give it. He's going to give you that answer and open up that door for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You so how, long have you been, how long have you been ministering? Um, I am. I'm a prophet. And um and uh an elder in the church of the Lord Jesus. Um and I have um, you know, I'm not a what you say every Sunday morning minister. Okay. My ministry is really the marketplace. Okay. I kind of evolved into that, even though, you know, um I was, you know, uh consecrated to the office of the prophet, even though the, um as an elder and all of that. But I found out my greatest gift. And that's where you have to know where God works best with you. Uh, a lot of people, you you know, there there's only so many Sundays in a month. And so everybody is not getting behind the sacred desk, okay? Mm-hmm. And so if you can have a call of God on your life, and I believe in the um, seven cultural mountains, which is the government, business, education, family, religion, you know, um, the uh, all of that, the media, entertainment, all of those places are cultural places where God has his people. We are we are more in those places than we are in church seven days a week. Yes. And so we go to church one day out of the out of the, uh, you know, week. Uh, We might have Bible study and a lot of churches still haven't opened. They're doing still virtual. Mm -hmm. And so uh, but you are in the marketplace as Jesus had told us to be salt and light and to go ye into all the world and to minister and preach the gospel. So I found out when I was selling cars, that's when I really found out uh, because most of the men, and it's a male dominated field when I was in it uh, for those 15 years, uh, most of the people that worked in that field were men. And so, and if women came because of the hours, I mean, you know, you could work in a dealership. You might be there 50, 60 hours a week, depending on how many cars you had to deliver. And so that was how you made, you know, I worked on commission. That's how I made my money. And so uh, depending on when people would have, you know, their time to come in. So in a lot of, you know, you're going to be there on a given on a Thursday and Monday. I mean, uh, yeah, Monday night and a Thursday night. You're going to be there at nine o'clock. So from eight to nine, you there. And then any other days during the week, some Saturdays, things like that. So a lot of women didn't stay in that field. I was one of the few at that time that really stayed there and made good money at that time before the economy failed. So most of the men that were in the dealership, because there was not a lot of women in then when the women came, they were the ones that they party with and slept with and all of that. And so I came with a different agenda. And so most of the men that I knew, and not because I was there trying to be religious, I was just being myself. And because they saw the lifestyle that I lived, 
it spoke for itself. They saw how I carried myself because most of the people or a lot of the people, I would say, coming into the dealership were men, professional men. I was at a, one of the largest Chrysler dealerships in this area. And so, and we sold a lot of cars and my, um, my boss or the owners, they were, you know, in the, you know, like the dealer, the automobile dealers association, and he was the president of it. So most of the, the office, um, you know, as far as Chrysler's had men, they would come back to that dealership. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of, you know, good looking, well-dressed, smelling good men coming through there, you know? And so I had to be who God called me to be. Yeah. And so and that's who I was. And um, I had to set a standard and the men respected that. And they start following me to church. I start giving them giving them, you know, at that time we was having, you know, I'm dating myself, cassette tapes and, and, <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> and and they when they start following me to church, they start giving their hearts to the Lord. They started, you know, studying the word, you know, because they knew that what they saw in me was legitimate not that I was perfect but they knew that it was real and um they started following me to church and when you know things would go wrong in their lives you know some of them were shacking up and all of that and they got married you know because I would talk to them tell them what the word says that's what the word says you know and so they you know they would listen and they started getting some of them that was doing that they got married and and um so you know that's where my gift I saw work the people that would buy cars from me. Like I said, some of them still remember me because of how I conducted my 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 business because your desk was your pulpit and it was also like your own store, you know, even yeah. though you worked in a store. That's where I made my money. And so, um, you know, so I, I realized that my gift worked best for me, even though I was still in the church. I was, you know, an elder. I was my my pastor's armor bearer. I was, you know, I was doing all of that. But my greatest gift was in the was in the marketplace. And so I recognized that I had an anointing for the marketplace. And so I believe that now God is really opening up the marketplace. I think people are understanding that, that we need definitely in the government, we need some uh, people that love the Lord <laughs> with all that's going on in the government and all the things we need people in the school boards. Uh, my former pastor just ran for, uh, you know, for the school board and she won. This is her second year of winning, um, you know, to be on the school board. Our children. Yeah, our children. I mean, bringing faith to the school systems. And so I believe God is opening those doors now where we can go in into these places and be accepted, not because I got to preach. I didn't have to hit nobody over the head with a Bible. Mm -hmm. I just walked in my anointing and in my gift. And God just began to allow people to come to me and sit at my desk and say, can I have prayer? Uh, my mother just passed. Will you pray for me? Um, you know, uh, my child is sick and my relationship is this. And, and th this was not only the people in the dealership, this was people outside of the dealership that I sold cars to. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to tell them, okay, you got to get up. I got to sell a car. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell the car first. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So that was how I, you know, got into uh, 
you know, like I said, I was already in doing ministry, but that was where my gift worked and my pastor recognized that. So she came and bought four cars for me. So, you know, <laughs> okay. so yeah, so that was, you know, that was how I got started in, in, in doing ministry and doing what I do as a marketplace minister. Can you explain to um, us, for the ones of us that may not know, what is a prophet? Because when you think of a prophet, you might be thinking of a fortune teller or somebody who is foreseeing a future or, you know what I'm saying, something along okay. that line. So for those of us who don't know, could you just elaborate a little bit on what a prophet is? Okay. First of all, let me say this. Everybody has the ability. Um, all of us can prophesy. Okay. The word tells us that. That, you know, that um, that, you know, God has given us the gift that we can prophesy. You know, um, Joel said that, you know, that in the last days that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh, that your sons and your daughters can prophesy. So all of us had the ability, the ability to be able to prophesy, if nothing else, but speaking the word of God. Because the spirit of, you know, the prophecy of Jesus is the sure word of prophecy. So if you're speaking the word of God, you're speaking prophetically the things that God has already said in the word. Now, a prophet is one of the fivefold ministers, according to Ephesians. He said, the Bible said, when Jesus ascended upon high, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. So that's an office of the prophet, meaning that you are a minister called of God to speak on behalf of God, to speak what the what, what God is saying um, through revelation, uh, through the spirit of God. You know, so a fortune teller, yes, has a gift, but it's not grounded and rooted in the things of God. You know, uh, it it's considered as witchcraft because even in the Bible, the Bible talks about those that have witchcraft spirits. Um, in the New Testament and the Old Testament, the girl to follow Paul and Peter, you know, she was, you know, going around. These are the sons of the most high God. And they can be accurate because I've seen some accurate people that work outside of the realm of the spirit of God, but they are accurate. But when you are a prophet, that is a ministry. And the Bible says that it's the foundational gift. The, the, uh, the uh, church of God is built upon the uh, foundation of the apostle and the prophet. So it's a foundational gift. Um, it's certainly not anything to be, um, I'd say, puffed up about mm -hmm. because that is something that God has given you. Because I remember when I recognized my call, when God called me before my pastor even identified with it, I was running from it because mm -hmm. everything I read in the Bible, nobody liked prophets. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they were killing them they 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 yeah. didn't want to hear what they had to say they you know they didn't like it i mean ahab and all the other you know kings and things like that and so um i ran from that gift because i'm like i do not want to be a prophet i didn't ask to be a prophet there's nobody in my family i'm like you know like amos you know he was just a uh you know a, a herdsman you know he's like I, nobody in my family is a prophet that I know of. Right. And so, um, so when I, when my pastor identified the gift after, you know, uh, the Lord had called me and I knew it and I never told anybody for a while until my pastor said, when are you going to stop running? And I'm like, mm. I just stood there and start crying because I knew what was coming next. Mm. I'm like, I don't want to be a prophet. 
And um, that's how I, you know, got into uh, my ministry as far as the calling. And, and it's, 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 it's forever evolving. You're ever learning. Um, you're ever coming to the knowledge of the truth. You're forever growing. But that's basically uh, what the, um, what a prophet is, you know, um, you are called to speak on behalf of God. You know, um, you said a few things. And whenever I'm looking down, I'm not ignoring you. I'm taking. Oh, notes. okay. <laughs> okay. I understand. <laughs> I'm taking notes because I don't like interrupting people if I can help it. So okay. I'll jot my thought down so we could go back to it. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things, um, first of all, congratulations to um, your minister for um, winning for the school board. That's a huge yes. deal. And you said something about, you know, the pol politics and those political realms that need people who believe in God, who, who know yes. the Bible. And I think that's important because what you see a lot of times is people interpreting the word to benefit their own needs. So it's not about what God is really trying to get us as a whole to understand or, you know, or, or how to move and behave. It's about, oh, I'm going to take this one scripture and fit it to what I need for it to be. And that's what I'm mm -hmm. going to stand on. And it's mm -hmm. like, you're taking it out of context because you that's left right. out everything that came before it and everything that's after it. Absolutely. So um, I, how do you... I, I hate to see that, especially mm -hmm. in politics, because I mm -hmm. feel like that it's a mis it, it misguides us as a people. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And with the political climate that does exist right now um, in America, and we know what that political climate is, how mm -hmm. how do you? feel about it or how do you see it being able to move forward in a more positive way of us coming to a place where racism is not such a major it like when do we stop is I know it's existed like since the beginning of time but when does it stop it seems like it's get, it, it it lacks off sometimes and it kind of smooths itself out and we're all getting along and then it inclines again. And then it, it kind of steeps back down and then it jumps right back up again. So when do we actually get that balance? What do you think it will take to get us there? Well, I'm going to say, just like the word says, you know, that God in the beginning, he gave us, the Bible says, he gave the earth unto the children of men. He has given us the authority, the church particularly, the authority in the earth to make a difference. See, we are the balance to everything else that, to me that's going on in the world. And so the church has to take its role in the world on a world stage where we are in those places, like I said, where we're in the marketplace of those places, where we are at the table, where we're able to make decisions, where our voices are being heard according to what the word of God says. Yes. And so that is where I believe right now, the Bible says the earth is groaning and waiting on the manifestations of the sons of God. Mm. And we are the sons of God. The earth is groaning. You can see it in the weather patterns. We mm. can see it in all of the things that are going on in the earth. 
because the whole earth is groaning and is waiting on the people of God to take their place in the world and in these various cultures of the world where we have a voice, where we can say what's right and where we can where we can bring resolve to issues that we know racism and sexism and all of the other things that are going on in the world. And so I and a lot of things are not just going to change by a vote. It's some things are moral issues. Yeah. And and so you know we have to stand up against homosexuality, okay? I mean it is it is of the culture of the age. They were talking I, I was reading some place where they were saying in college right now all of the students um you know that are going into college the population of students now going into college that they don't have a they they don't have a religion they they you know they believe in all of these other things you know they don't believe in god they don't talk about god and so can you imagine these are going to be our leaders in the next you know 10 years 20 years from now these are going to be our leaders and have no foundation in the things of god yeah. So the church has, you know, not made itself attractive enough that it has attracted those kind of people because they're there, you know, educational, very smart and things like that. But they have no God. They don't know God. And, and the Bible talks about that. Even in Joshua, it says that there was a generation that grew up after Moses, after Joshua. There was a generation that grew up that knew not God. And so if you read in Judges, it was all kind of things. They come back to God, they, they go through this, and, and then they come back, they go out there, they lose wars, and they come back. But they knew not God. But that generation from Moses to Joshua, that knew God, that followed God. And that's how they got in this all kind of trouble and all kind of things because they didn't have, they didn't have, they didn't have God with them. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Nothing is new under the sun. Yeah. You know? The same thing is happening right now in our world. And so I, I believe that this is the time for the church to rise up like never before. Signs, wonders, miracles, all of that, mm -hmm. that I believe that the world is waiting on. Yeah. And, you know, I noticed with politicians, too, they'll go to the big mega churches during election time. Oh, they yeah. reach out to all the ministers and mm -hmm. especially the black singers. church. Yeah, the yeah. gospel singers and everything. Like they get everybody oh, yeah. all riled up when it's election time. But then after the election time, do I see you in church after that? Right. Are you nope. there? You, you know what I'm saying? Are you there at the church uh food drive helping out or you know, are you giving back to that community in that capacity, the same community that you stood up there and asked for asked for their vote? Right. Now we need for you to come back into that community and help and, and help us build oh, and build. That's right. And structure us better. And then we don't have you there until the next four years when you need to be elected again. Yeah. So I, I think was, that, that throws a lot of people off too with yeah. politicians. I, I was listening to um not that I agree with uh this gentleman that I was listening to, uh, you know, he's a little on the radical side, but he has some good points. And he was, you know, saying that, um, you know, the black church, he said, we need to have our own bank. He said, all of the money that you take in on Sunday mornings, that you can put it in your bank and then invest it back into your communities. Okay. He said, because we take our black money, put it in this, our, our black Jesus money, put it in this white bank 
that turn around and use that money that we have invested and come back in our communities and put us out of our communities. Mm -hmm. If we had our own bank, we could do our own investing in our communities ourselves. And we could do different things, projects and, and different things that we can build in our communities, you know, for our children, for the next generation or whatever. But, you know, because of the fact that those kind of things are not taught in our churches. Yeah. And I believe it should be, you know, I'm, I know that the, the pastor has a job to do, but there is somebody in there that says, hey, I have a handle on finances. I have a handle on business. Let that person you know, teach those things. Okay. Hey, I, I'm an author. We can show you how to write books and it could be a stream of income. I believe in multiple streams of income mm -hmm. that can help us that we can have more than one stream. When you, when, when I lost my job, I didn't have at that time, another stream of income. I had done, you know, network uh, marketing off and on, but I mean, if I, you know, had something else to sustain me, you know, during that particular time, um, it could have went a lot easier for me, you know, yeah. um, I, maybe I wouldn't have lost my house at that time because, you know, I was working and didn't have the money that I really needed saved up to, you know, keep paying on a house note because, mm -hmm. hey, we was in a recession, you know, but God gave it back to me. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. But you are right about that. And I know um, for my mom, who was um, in her late 70s when she passed away. Her main thing was education. You get mm -hmm. your education, you get a good job, you pay your bills, you go to church, you take care of your family and you know, you don't have to do all these extra added things and so forth. Mm -hmm. like, that's what you do. But um, what I, with the pandemic and everything, thank God I didn't lose my income with the pandemic, but it also made me say, I have to look at a second stream of income. Because what if I did? What if I, I didn't have clients? What if my clients would have got COVID and now I'm off for these major weeks? Or, you know, what if my clients decided like, oh, we don't want anybody in our home doing therapy sessions with us anymore. That would have took my income away. Like, so I have to be able to find a different, an alternative stream of income. So you are right about that. And um, I want to just give a big kudos to my son for saying, Ma, we'll look into your certification. What else can you do with it? Yeah. And private it coaching. Research. Yeah. And it made yeah. me research it. And I was like, wow, I can't do private coaching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. I looked into that. And it's needed. It's needed. It is needed. Um, what you were talking about, um, it, it's needed. And um, yeah, you you can definitely do something like that on your own. I mean, you can do that. Um, like the internet is just so wide open. There's there's no reason why people, and there's a lot of free information out there where you can find out about stuff, even if you don't know um, mm -hmm. what to do or how to do. There's so many people that are doing things on the web that you can get on. I'm always looking for different ways to just, you know, find out more information about what I can do and how I can do it to better myself. And a lot of it is free. So um, I encourage anybody, if you're interested in being anything, um, get in some of these groups. There's all kinds of groups on, on the internet that you can get into. Um, I'm on so many different authoring groups and I go into them, find out what they're doing, uh, what's new, 
um, things that I can do that can help me to improve, uh, you know, my income or myself as an author. And I, you know, specialize in anthology. So I'm always looking, you know, out there because I'm looking for more people that want to write their story. So, uh, so yeah. let's, let's talk about the anthologies. Tell us okay. what it is, what gave you the idea to do something on that scale and your first project and how it's led through? Because I think you're on your third one now, right? This, uh, well, I just finished my third with the women. And okay. the, the one that I'm working on now is the fourth one, which is the men. Okay. All right. So let's get into it. Okay. Well, how I got, as you said in my bio, I wrote my first book, uh, which was A Man's Sister. Now, I've always been a journaler. You know, I that was my way that I talked to God. That's how I wrote myself out of all of my problems and issues and all of that. Okay, I would just write, write, write. Um, when I read the Bible, I write, 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 you know. Um, so I, I and I never thought of myself as a writer. Trust me. I was just writing because it was just something that gave me some peace. And, you know, it was an outlet for me to let go of some of the things that I was going through. OK. And so um, I did that for a number of years. And so um, one day I decided to start putting all of those journals. I got volumes of journals. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> from years and years ago and I go in there and I just start taking stuff out and putting it on the um you know just putting um it in a document and so um one day uh the guy that I was working with at uh the uh, radio network that I was with and he said why don't you take that and make it into a book and I'm like I don't know how to you know make it into a book I don't know what to do and so he said I'm going to do it for you I'm like you're not a publisher you don't know what you're doing he said I don't you don't either but we're going to figure it out <laughs> and that's how I got a man sister so a man sister is um a journal um I have various topics uh that's in um a man sister that uh every woman can identify with uh living on purpose um uh shifting lanes your womb is blessed uh, minding your own business, you know, all kind of things like that. And then I would leave room for the person after that, you know, so many entries, because so, every entry is different. Mm -hmm. And after so many entries, then I would leave room for them to write because I wanted them to reflect on what they have read and then they they would write. So that's how Amen Sister came about. And so after that, um, I decided, well, you know, I'm going to write another book. But, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said, no, bring some other women along on the journey with you. OK, so I didn't know anything about anthologies. I, the only one I knew about was Chicken Soup for the Soul. I think everybody knows about Chicken Soup for the Soul has been around for years. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I had a couple of times started to write for them. They pay you, you know, a stipend for, you know, writing for them. But I never did. So um, I said, OK, I just put it out there on the Internet. <laughs> And women just start jumping on. And the first one was called uh, Gathering the Fragments That Nothing Would Be Lost. And this book had 15 women that came on this journey with me uh, that uh, besides myself, I did write my story in this one, Gathering the Fragments That Nothing Would Be Lost. And the, uh, you know, and, and the whole essence of this book was really taken from the scripture. Um, I'm, I'm a, a nonfiction writer and inspirational, motivational writer more so. And so um, it was taken from the scripture, just like when Jesus told the disciples after they fed the 5,000 to go gather the fragments because he didn't want anything to be lost. There was still more left over, the Bible said, than it was then after feeding the 5,000. 
And so all of us have fragments in our lives, mm -hmm. but you are more than that fragment that happened to you. It came, yes, it might have, it might have stopped you, it might have stumped you, it might have, you know, put you on pause for a while. But you still have something that somebody else needs to know about and read about and hear about it because somebody else can identify with it. So these fifteen women, half of them I didn't know, jumped on it. And I offer a package, uh, you know, my anthologies, anybody that knows me, um, I try to give it, um, I, I try to give it, you know, where it has some substance to it, not just a book. We can do that. Yes. But I tried to give it, you know, a package where it would have some substance where girls can be proud. So they get professional photos, they get professional makeup, they okay. get the book, they get coaching, they get all of that. OK, along with everything else, you know, that goes along with that and the editing, the publishing, all of that. And so and they got at that time, they got 30 books. So it was like girls was like, oh, my goodness, you know, I never had that many, you know, that uh, anybody did because they've done anthologies, some of them before and never had anybody that had a package like mine. OK, mm -hmm. but I wanted to just give it some real, you know, relevance that it, you know, it meant something. And not only that. It gave them a boost to or a foundation for them to start their own website. You got professional photos. If you go to speak, you got professional photos. If you go to minister, you got professional photos. You got, you know, uh, you got the basis for your website. You got all of that right there. You can get started on it. So it gives them a foundation for them to get started. So that was my first one. Hold that up for me so we can okay. see the cover. There you go. All right. I want everybody yeah. to see the cover of that book. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Gathering the fragments. And what is a fragment? A fragment is a broken off, detached, and isolated, unfinished, or incomplete part. That's what we're gathering. We're okay. gathering all of those detached, broken, isolated, unfinished, incomplete parts. And we put it all in a book. And there's everything that you can imagine. Homosexuality stories um abused um you know relationships um molestation um all kind of divorce uh being left at the altar um mm -hmm. that was my story and oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's because that. god has something better in store for you oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, hey, look, I ain't even i ain't crying over that no more i, I got free that <laughs> i have to, that's a story in itself right there after all of that, and then he married somebody else and had a heart attack, passed away. Oh. I had to serve the woman that came to my church after she wanted me to make sure that I knew who she was. Coming mm. to my church, had, had the funeral at the church of God. I had to serve her because I was serving my pastor. My pastor said, Lord told me today, you serve her, not me. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't hate her, but I don't exactly love her either. Right. But I, when I did, and in my my chapter is called um, Obedience, uh, Obedience, My Path to Forgiveness. Okay. And obeying God, obeying my pastor. And that day God said, it's his death, it's his burial, but it's your resurrection. You Amen. can get over it. So and I got resurrected at the funeral that day. <laughs> I um, just put up a clip, uh, um, a saying in my Facebook group. Um, 
Oh my God. Um, those who are obedient to God will eat off the, the fruit of the land and those who are not will will go thirsty or will will starve or something along yeah. that lines. But uh yeah, obedience, being obedient to God is very much important. Yep. So this is the second one. This is living and loving life without regrets. And okay. this book is about hopefully that we will live our life. It says really speak for itself and, and not die with all our gifts inside of us. Mm. Uh, Miles Monroe, and I quote him all the time because it's so true. The, the cemetery is the wealthiest place in the world because yeah. so many people have died that had maybe answers for cancer, mm. that maybe had answers for other diseases right, right now that's going on that we have, other things that are going on, and they end up dying. And so we don't want to leave here and look in the rearview mirror of life and say, I woulda, I coulda, I shoulda. Yeah, and I didn't do what God had called me to do out of fear. Yeah, because that's the that's the thing that holds us back. Has yeah. always been and always will be. It started in the garden, and it's gonna and it's gonna end when Jesus come back. Okay, but it it's always going to be here. That's going to always be an element that you are going to have to overcome. And so that is what um, this particular book was about: is um, really living and loving your life without regrets and so uh that was with um i think i had eight women on this particular journey okay and, and then the next one or the last one that i did for the women so far has been moving on by his grace okay and this one is um you know really about women that have come through their trials of life and their resilience their term determination and hope for a better future and how they have moved on past those things some of them have been in alcoholism some of them have faced racism and sexism on their job some of them have been raped and you know some of them have dealt with the spirit of fear and procrastination and all of those things and so they are now and most of these women were middle-aged women 50 and over okay. and so i was really so proud of them uh, that they went on and wrote their story and without being, you know, afraid and unashamed. And, and I mean, they were afraid until I really had to coach them uh, through uh, uh, them, particularly really had to coach them through a lot of their fears and not being able to maybe say I was raped, you know, uh, you know, out of fear, what people going to think? No, you know, you have to say it. Because yeah. once you say it, the devil has no control over you. Yes. Yes. And you know, I'm happy that you said that. I was speaking to someone. I'm trying to think who it was now. I talked to so many people. <laughs> I can't remember whether it was somebody that I did a, a show with or what, but I remember we were talking about that and we were talking about women carry shame. So mm -hmm. when things happen to us and, and we're the victim or whatever, we tend to carry that burden of shame on us as if it's something we did, or maybe if I wouldn't have done that, or if I wouldn't have said this, or it's our fault. We, we find fault within ourselves for the things that's happened to us. And then we carry that shame and we're quiet about it. That's and it. Stay silent. And that shame just festers into dark clouds within us. And it makes us bitter and it makes us hard. And yeah. even when we're trying to smile through it, we're still hardened on the inside because mm -hmm. we haven't released it. 
But once you say it out loud, like you said, then the devil has no more hold over you. Right. And he, that shame is no longer taking power over your life. That's right. You released it now. And That's you said right. it and you got it out. And now I can That's be it. done yeah and yeah i could be free from this bondage and and all of this stuff that's been holding me back and uh -huh. all of that stuff and it's like a weight is lifted off of your shoulder it is, it really is. yeah yeah so, um i encourage you whether you're a man or a woman i don't care who you are if you're living in shame release it say what that is get it out of your system whether you have to write it down whether you have to make the phone call or the text message, however you need to release that from yourself, release yeah. yourself from that shame because right. it's not yours to carry. That's my, it. um, my, not my biological, I'm sorry, but the man that my mother was married to at the time she adopted me, that's how I refer to him. <laughs> okay. The man that she was married to when she adopted me. Okay. Um, I remember um, after my mother passed then you know, when you're going through grief, you go through all different kinds of stages. Mm -hmm. And I was just angry for a long time with everybody. Like I mm -hmm. was angry with the doctors, family members. I was just angry. And um, I remember I ended up saying, I'm going to release him from being, from not being a dad, from not mm -hmm. being there, for not being present for Everything he took my mother through with this divorce, like saying, oh, okay, I'm going to leave you the house and then turning around and taking out all these loans on the house without her knowledge, forging her signature on documents, and then her getting hit with all of these debts and bills and wow. having to figure out how to pull herself out of that and not lose the house because she and I would have been homeless. So he mm. had no thought process of what he was doing and how it would affect her. He was just getting over. So I had so many, so many things to be upset with him about, right? And after she passed away, um, I didn't have his phone number or anything, but I saw he I found him on Facebook. And I DM'd him this whole letter. And I re and I said, you know what? I'm gonna I forgive you. I forgive you for all of these things. Wow. Because my mother found a way to forgive you. And wow. towards the end of her life, you and her had somehow became friends. I don't know what it was about my mother, but she just had that spirit of forgiveness in her. She could forgive you for anything and move on. Whereas it's hard. It was, it's just hard for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know, like I really have to pray on it. Like, Lord, because right. I want to go beat on their door. You know, that's right. That's right. I have to pray for that. But I ended up writing him this letter and at the end of it, just letting him know, I forgive you, blah, 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 blah. And when I hit sin, it was like such a relief. I was like, whoa, that felt better. And I have not been angry with him since. That's right. I haven't spoken to him. He never replied and that's fine. I wasn't that's looking right. to reply or anything. I just felt like I needed to get it off of me. Mm -hmm. I to release myself from it. And give it back to the person it belonged to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so I was able to do that and I felt great about it. And I think more people, you should probably do that. A lot of the stuff we carry don't belong to us. That's it. That's right. We have to yeah. do some spring cleaning. You know, we have to clean out our, 
our hearts and clean out our souls and, you know, ask God, first of all, to forgive me, you know, for being bitter, forgive me, because bitterness comes to trouble you, not mm -hmm. the other person. It's like they say, you know, it's like swallowing poison, expecting the other person to die. Right. Okay. And so you, you are troubling yourself because you have to keep remembering and reminding yourself and carrying that weight. You know, I, I, I hate you because, and so you're always rehearsing that. And so it's just like you set a clock and you stop that, 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 whatever that was, that time of uh, 1998. And I'm still holding you to that same spot. Now, this person is going on about their business. Okay. Going on about their life. He didn't have 20,000 more kids. <laughs> Don't care about you being angry with them or nothing like that. And right. you back here, you know, you can't get, you know, you having headaches. Uh, migraines, heart attacks, yeah. high can't have a can't have a good relationship. No, can't because... have a good relationship. All of that, yeah. Because you're still holding on. And even if a person has passed away, I shared this with somebody. I'm glad you brought this up. It was last week. Um, somebody called me, and they were, you know, just having a hard time forgiving their mother because she gave them away and things like that. And and so, um, you know, and I told her, I said, listen, this is what you know you need to do you know, first of all, you have to forgive your mother. Okay. Yes, it was wrong. Yes. Uh, you can think of all of the wrong things that happened, but you're, she's gone on. She didn't pass away and you're still holding this on. You can't even have a good relationship with, with, you know, women because of this, because of that anger and that, you know, and that hatred and that bitterness. And so get a picture, sit it in a chair, even though she's gone and talk to the picture. And tell her all of the things that you felt that you never got a chance to tell her. And then tell her you forgive her. Sometimes you have to even go to the cemetery mm -hmm. and, you know, stand over that grave and say, you know, I, 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 today is my day to be free. Today is my day <laughs> of, of me getting my emancipation. Okay. We talk mm -hmm. about the emancipation. We need our own spiritual emancipation. Right. And so you go there to that grave and you say, today is my day of freedom. I am no longer going to hold you uh, in this you know, place of anger and bitterness that's causing me ulcers and all kind of stuff and forgive them. Mm -hmm. And so she said, okay, she said, Linda, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that. I said, yes, you have to, because it's ruining your life. You can't, you can't even have a, a, a good, wholesome life and a relationship with people because of that anger. So mm -hmm. she's holding captive, holding you captive. You ain't holding her captive. She holding mm -hmm. you captive. Yeah. And Jesus came to set the captives free, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, whatever your captivity is today. He came to set the captives free. Amen. And, you know, and that is, a, it is important to do that. Um, you know, I've had the, the privilege of meeting my biological family. Okay. And, um, right before my biological mother passed away about six to eight months after my mom passed away. Okay. And um, when she was in a hospital, my mother was still alive. And um, I have a biological aunt who I love as messy as she can be sometimes. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I love we her. We all have them. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember she had reached out and she said, you know, she's in the hospital. She's not doing good. Whatever your issues are, you need to get past them and reach out and call her. And she ended up 
calling my mom and telling my mom to talk to me about it. So my mother was like, listen, you know, regardless of whatever she brought you into the world, she didn't abort you. She didn't, abandon, right. she didn't toss you off a bridge or anything. She didn't throw you in a garbage dumpster. She, you know, she brought you into this world and she put you in the hands of somebody that would care for you. Mm-hmm. She said, if nothing else, thank her for that. Right. Call her and have the conversation with her. So um, I ended up calling her and I remember that day on that phone, I caught her on a good day when she was completely aware of her thoughts and her words were strong. And we had such a great conversation that day. We cried a little bit. And then, you know, I I don't like to leave things like in a sad. So I like to crack little jokes and bring us out of that little world or whatever. So at the end of the conversation, she was laughing. She was feeling great. We got to have a few more follow-up conversations after that. And, you know, up until she, and so when she passed away, I felt so at peace. And I felt like she was at peace with Amen. me like we have found a place of peace with each other because she knew I was no longer angry she knew there was nothing there was nothing for her to be ashamed or sorry for you know right. what I mean? like we were okay and only thing mm -hmm. that only thing that was missing was that hug that final hug because she was in Maryland and I was in Detroit you know what I'm saying so we were only having those phone conversations so I didn't get to see her physically but I enjoyed every conversation that we had after that. And I think it was really what we needed. And it was something that I was not willing to open the door to before. I had met her. I knew who she was. And she was sending me like, from the day we met, I met her when I was like 25, 26. And she would send me a birthday and a Christmas card every year. And I wouldn't even open them. I would just get them in the mail, rip them up and toss them in the garbage. <laughs> and my mother was like, why are you doing that? Like, why won't you open up her mail? And I'm like, I don't know. And she like, well, what if she put a gift card or something in? I'm like, right. and I'm like, I don't need nothing from her. And I would just toss it, not realizing how sick that was, <laughs> now, you know, and how the bitterness and that anger was making me rip. rooted it was rooted it in was you you know so deeply rooted and i wasn't even yeah. giving her an opportunity to tell her story you yeah. know to, to get me to understand what she was going through or yeah. anything like that like i was just being so closed close yeah. to her. right and i felt so bad about that so i'm happy that she and i had that opportunity to have those conversations and i was Amen. able to say you know what i'm so sorry for closing you off all of these years and not allowing this conversation to happen. Like, and I had to ask her, please forgive me for that because it was up to me to open up the door. And I just kept shutting it in your face. Every time you came and knocked, I shut the door. I cut the lights off. I treated you like you was a Jehovah witness. I just I let you in. So I had to, you know, I literally had to apologize to her, and ask her forgiveness. And it felt so good to know that she understood, she forgave me, and we were able to get past it and just have a good mother-daughter type of a friendship to where we yeah. can have and Absolutely. have those type of friendly conversations in the end. So to whoever that young lady is, just please take that moment and have that yes. mental conversation, release yourself from that. And realize, you know, and what I realize is 
people go through all kinds of things that might lead them to a place where they have to give that child up. That's right. Absolutely. It's, it's not always a decision that they like, oh, I'm pregnant with an abortion clinic or with an adoption house. Like, it's not always that type of a situation. That's right. But you never know what they've gone through in their right. life. Right. And their past that makes them say, I don't know if I'm fit for this. I don't mm -hmm. know if I can give this child everything that they need because I That's didn't right. receive those things. And That's I don't right. want to damage them the way I've been damaged. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's the best thing to yeah. allow them and to, to put them in the hands of somebody that is better equipped. That's, that's right. More stable than I am. That can uh -huh. give them the better life. The love, yes. And yeah, attention, you know, all of and those things. So we have to always look at it from that point of view also. And it that's took right. me to work in mental health. It took me to work in foster care to actually understand the other side of the story more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that is that is so good. I mean, really, I think all of us at some time in our life, we're going to be challenged uh, with unforgiveness. All of us are. Uh, there is going to be some things that are going to come in our lives and uh, that is going to leave us, um, you know, with a distaste in our mouth or an opportunity for unforgiveness. But, you know, we just know that we cannot carry that around that poison around it. it, it it's, it's going to kill you. And so, um, you know, kill your dreams, uh, you know, kill you uh, in terms of some of the things that God would have for you. So, um, yeah. So we just have to learn how to forgive. Yeah, yeah, we do. And it's a hard thing to do. But like you said, you know, yes. you ask God to forgive you for mm -hmm. that forgiveness, for carrying that type of emotion. And then you ask That's right. to help you to teach you how to extend forgiveness to others. Thank God he forgave us, you know, and, first. Okay, amen. <laughs> amen. So let's talk about the mail book. Uh, oh how, my. What's going on with the men? <laughs> I am so excited about this one. It is going to change the game, I believe, for men. Um, it certainly changed the game for me because um, I don't even really know how I really got into it, except there is a gentleman that I know, a friend of mine. I, I had um, I had interviewed him, uh, Bishop T.D. Holden. I had interviewed him, and he has a ministry called Come Out, Stay Out. Mm -hmm. And the Come Out, Stay Out uh, ministry that he has, um, it is a ministry that when he had been in jail himself, been in prison, went to jail and was in prison uh, for, um, you know, he said by association being with a, a man that, was doing some fraudulent things. And because he was associated in a business partner, he ended up doing, well, he was sentenced to 10 years okay. and grew up in a church home, uh, mother, father, you know, I mean, you know, he knew he was a, a prophet, it was church of God in Christ. So, you know, he was born and bred, you know, in, in the, in the things of God. And so anyway, uh, after he went to jail, um, he said that, um, you know, it was three years and in that three year time, uh, prophetically, it was a prophetic word that had came. He said he was watching television. I think it was um, uh, Bishop um, uh, Wayne T. Jackson's program. And um, he said and he said, you know, God gave him a prophetic word that somebody was in prison, was getting ready to be released. And then he said another prophet came into the prison and ministered and told him that God said that you will be released in I think it was three months. And he was like, that's impossible because then, you know, the parole board had already told him that, you know, he was up, went um, to the uh, parole board to find out 
if he could be released. You know, he had never been in jail before. He didn't have a record or anything like that. And so they told him, no, uh, it, it wouldn't be this year. If you came up at all, it would be next year. Okay. So, but this uh, prophetic word he got and and surely um, he got released from prison out of parole board, did another look at him and based on his conduct and, you know, and all of that. And he got released. So the prison ministry that he has is also a ministry that helps men that have gone through the penal system and they can get, um, you know, electrician training and uh, journalism. Uh, I mean, uh, being a journal, a journeyman rather. And I see I'm in the books now. <laughs> uh, being a, a journeyman, you know, through plumbing, electrician and all of that. And but he also does something called the come out, stay out honorary banquet, where he honors men that have been in the prison systems and come out and stayed out. And he does this banquet once a year at Greater Grace. And I was there this year and they um, come and they come to this banquet and he gives them honor. I mean, plaques and awards and things like that because of them coming out of prison and now got back into society and have become productive members of society. Mm -hmm. um, some of the men that are in my book are some of those men that have uh, that were there at that banquet. Uh, one guy had been in jail for 28 years collectively of his life, and he's only in his 50s. So pretty much almost all of his life, he's been in and out of jail. Now a businessman, owns 60 acres of land, and he's in Indiana, yes. And uh, has other businesses. He has a moving company. He has about three different businesses. Uh, the other guys from Florida, uh, he was there. And they were awarded not only the uh, the awards that uh, Bishop Holden gave them, but then uh, Colmenay Young Jr. was there, gave them the spirit of the war, uh, spirit of the um, uh, the spirit, the city of Detroit, spirit of the city of Detroit, something like that award. Uh, they got that. Um, there was a, um, a a gentleman that is the sheriff of uh, the uh, Genesee County. He was there. He spoke. The attorney general that just got reelected again, Dana Nessel, she was there. She spoke. And so I got a chance to meet these guys. And um, I told Bishop, I said, you know, I think the next anthology I want to do was going to be men. And they just start coming on. I've got men from five different states, from Florida, from Texas, from Ohio, from um, uh, Indiana, from Michigan, that are all a part of this anthology. And the whole ideal of the anthology is to set men free because men don't talk like women. We talk, you know, we got girlfriends, uh, we go to therapists like you, you know, right. we come to people and say, hey, I need some help. I got some problems. We don't have a problem, you know, releasing and opening up, but right. men don't. And they come into their marriages a lot of time, into their relationships with that baggage mm -hmm. because they never talked about it. They buried it because somebody told you men don't cry. Somebody right. told you mm -hmm. men are not weak. Somebody told you that you don't need to be sharing that, but that's a lie. Amen. Okay. Amen. You do need to open up. You do need to get that out. You do need to share that with somebody. You do need to maybe go get you some help, you know, uh, if you need an, a therapist or something like that. So that's what this book is about. It is to set other men, not only the men that were writing it, I'm telling you, some of them shared with me some of the things that they were writing and how it was releasing them and bringing them to tears and bringing them, you know, to the fact that they feel felt like they hadn't forgiven certain things. It was amazing 
with these men. And they so, I mean, everything that I taught them in terms of coaching, they took it, you know, because I was kind of concerned about, mm, God, how am I going to deal with some men? I don't want them to think I'm this bossy, angry black woman, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I had to critique their story. My job is to make sure you stay with the story. Make sure that you, the story has clarity. Make sure you're writing, not for the reader, uh, I mean, for the not for the person that's writing, but for the reader, because you want to leave them with some takeaways. You want to minister with them, you know, so I'm giving you all some tips. If you're a writer, I need you to know that, you know, these are some of the things. Clarify your audience. Who are you writing to and why? What is your why? Why am I writing this? So these are some of the things I did. You know, we would meet on Zoom and I would talk to them and teach them and they took it. And they accepted it. And they, you know, if I say, no, you need to go back and write this or this wasn't flowing and things like that, you know, and they would do it. I had no problems with them. And so we want to get these into prisons, into jails, into homeless shelters. We want to get them into addiction shelters and, and alcohol places, things of that nature where men need it the most. This is a, a message, but it's a ministry. And that's what I want this to be, a ministry to set men free, and particularly our Black men. And so um, that's what this book is about. And I'm so excited. And we're asking for those that would like to, that's listening, if you want to buy a book, to give it to, so we can give it away. If you want to buy a case of books for less than $200, we can get a whole case of books and we can give them away to men that can't afford to buy them. We can go into prisons. And we can give them to some of the men that they can read. So this is what his strength for my weakness is the name of that. And so that's what they were writing about when they needed God in their time of weakness. I love that. I really, really do, because our black men do need to know that um, being a single a single mom and raising a boy I can just remember when he was little, me telling him, like, you know, if he fall or he hurt himself, don't cry. Right. You know, or, oh, you'll be all right. Just shake it off. You know, right. and this and that. And then I remember when my mom passed away, my baby didn't cry. And if he did, he did it in silence and he did it behind closed doors. And mm. that broke my heart because I felt yeah. like I took that from him. Mm -hmm. I took his ability to be vulnerable. Yes. From him. Yes. And even now I'll ask him, do you want a therapist? I'll pay for it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, do you want some help? Do you want to talk about it? I'm here for right. you. You know, and always like letting him know it's okay. And I've even apologized to him. Like, you know, I apologize to you for making you think you couldn't cry or making right. you think you had to be mommy's tough little man. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you couldn't experience those feelings. If you have them, experience them and that's it's right. okay talk and about them that's it yeah, like you know, we can deal with it. it let's deal like it's safe and he'll always laugh and be like yeah ma you messed me up for life and i mean and then i take it to heart he's like no i'm just joking i'm okay but then you know he did come back to me and say you know what ma maybe i will see a therapist He's yeah. like, no, not that Nothing wrong with it. Not that it's anything that you've done or anything that anybody has done. He was like, but you know, there are some things I do think I want to talk about or, That's you right. know, just get off my chest. And I support that 100%. Yeah. 
And I tell them, you know, well, let me know. Do you want me to do some research and find you one? Do you know, do you want to do it on your own? If you want me to help you pay for it, I'll help out. You know, I like whatever right. I need. So you will know I support your journey in this. Right. Because I want you to be a whole individual. Yes. You know, we were always like, oh, he's going to be a productive, positive male in, in society. But I also want you to be a whole male. I want yes. you to be in tune and in touch with your feelings and who you are and why you may feel those things, you know, yes. and I want you to be able to cry if you need to cry and express that feeling. And I just notice how it does affect him. Cause he's just so focused business, 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 business. He just, and even with me, sometimes I'm like, no, I just need for you to be sensitive right now. And he'll laugh at me. Like you called the wrong person. And I'm like, you know, so, I do recognize how I possibly damaged him yeah. in the vulnerability yeah. space. But, you know, we're working to get him whole with that and to be able to. That's it. That That's what it's side. all about. It's about mm -hmm. getting whole in any area. And and I tell the women, this is how the book looks. This is just a flyer uh, okay. of the book. Uh, hopefully, if you can see it. But uh, yeah. this is, uh, yeah, His Strength for My Weakness anthology. But, um, you know, and, and that's what I tell the men, you know, um, it, and the women, rather, I'm trying to help you women out, because if we can get some of these men whole before they get to you, then, <laughs> you know, some of them yeah. maybe won't come into the relationship with all of that baggage, you know, that maybe the, the hatred from their fathers because of the fact that they didn't have a male figure in the home and things that they, they didn't have a male to show them how to be a, a, a husband, a good husband. And, and if they did have a, a man in the home, maybe it was in a violent nature or things of that, you know, of that nature. And so, you know, so this is what this book is about, hopefully, um, that we can get these books to the men and get them healed, get them whole. So they can be husbands for women that that have been waiting on, you know, good husbands, whole, you know, men that are whole. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> men that are whole you know and so uh that's that's what this book is about so i'm hoping well, where can we get your books are they on amazon or do we have to go to your website yeah. amazon does have i uh, carry all of the books that i have out um so far um the living and loving life the the uh, latest edition i did that over again i had some you know some issues with that uh publishing the first one and so it's the second edition um, is the right one for that. The rest of them are on Amazon. This one will be on Amazon and my website. I am um, getting that it's revamped. So it will be, I can, you know, probably because I just sent my um, webmaster, the guy that's doing my website. I just, you know, was giving him the mail, uh, the, uh, the web address that I'm going to use. So I can probably have that to you you know, um, by uh, by the time you get ready to put this up on the air. But um, yes, you'll be able to get it on my website. So just follow me on face, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, any of those places you'll see me um, out there um, on LinkedIn, any of those places um, that you can see me on the social media sites. And um, you can, you know, just, hey, inbox me. Uh, if you want to, you can get in touch with me. My email is uh, hunt, like my last name, hopeful, H-O-P-E-F-U-L, hunt, hopeful, one word, 60 at yahoo.com. You can get me there. 
and uh, just send me an uh, email and let me know that you're interested in, you know, having one of my books. And I'd be more than happy uh, to uh, mail it out to you. All my books are at $20. If you, since if you heard it on this program, say faithfully her, and I'll give it to you for 15 Okay. Oh, look at that, y'all. Our first discount. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we gonna do a faithfully her promo code. That's right. That's so right. Good. Yes. Okay. So just do that, and you know it'll be that plus shipping and handling is about four dollars for that. But you know it'll be fifteen. You know with that. So um, and for Facebook and Instagram and everything is just your name, Linda Hunt. Yes. Uh -huh. okay. Facebook is uh, Linda Hunt, and uh, Instagram is the same thing, and um, yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, all of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just want to, because you know how some people have different, like my Instagram yeah. is faithfully dot her, oh, okay. faithfully her was gone, all is one word. So oh, okay, and if you'd like to join my anthologies, for any of you that would be interested, please get on my anthology group, which is called uh, the Authors Anthology Connection, Okay. I have a page called the Authors Anthology Connection or inbox me uh, on Facebook Messenger. Or you can be, if you want to, my Amen Sister is an inspirational page where I do just a lot of things to keep women motivated and inspiration, um, you know, full of inspiration. That's the Amen Sister page. So any of those pages you can get on. And I have a business page too, at Linda Hunt, you know, so you can get on that uh, as well. Well, I am definitely going to order. Um... I want some books. Okay. As you see, I see, I see Tanita back and, there. And this one, this side, hold up. <laughs> Get you over there. All right. And, so, now, do you write? Have you written a book? No, I haven't. I've been. All right. You got to come on now, faithfully heard. Yeah, Miss um, Rita Cook, um, who is the owner of GC4 Publishing. Um, she has been like such an inspiration and she's been on me about it and telling on you me what about I hear. it. I'm telling you what I hear. Faithfully her, a movement. Thank you. I hear that as a movement. You Ooh. need to, you need to write your book and then develop it into a movement. It could be an anthology. It could be your, your, um, your coaching online, uh, your webinars online. Turn it into a movement. And I think that's what I'm struggling with, to be honest with you, as far as how to put for how to bring it about. How to am I telling a truth? And then how am I telling my truth? Am I making it so it's in this pretty little package? Or um, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just struggling with how to what go. What do you mean about in the pretty little package? What what I mean? Like, like I've always grown up reading fictions. I love a good uh, a fiction, okay. a good story with a happy ending. Okay. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe I could develop a character that's similar. So she's going to go through some of the things, but then we'll kind of fictionalize it and make it pretty. So it's not as dark or as hard or, you know, so let me ask you this. Why? Why? I don't know. You need to answer that. I don't know. I have no answer. I don't know. Well, you, so, you need to pray about it and answer. Why do you want to fictionalize it? Why do you want to make it pretty? I don't know. 
That's a good question, though. I, I didn't think to ask myself why make it fluffy. What are you what are you what are you escaping or running from or don't want nobody to know? Because what you've been through, somebody else has gone through it and probably even worse. So what is it? Um, therapist. <laughs> see, and that's why therapists have therapists, okay? <laughs> Because we have problems too. <laughs> why? I don't know. I never even thought of the why. I never thought about the why. I'm that's, just that's where you write your going book. back and forth with the concept, but I never thought about why do I want to make it pretty and shiny. And I guess, and you know, when I think about it, I guess my life has been like that. I've always covered up the bad stuff with a pretty shiny exterior. And smiled through it and shown up like, hey, everybody, life is beautiful and it's great. And then on the inside, I'm like dying and I'm breaking and they don't know how hard it is for me to maintain that smile. You know what I'm saying? I always refer to it as um, the Smokey Robinson song, Tears of a Clown. You know, well, I think that's a, it's a good time for you. That's one of the questions that I ask my writers. What is your why? Why are you writing this? What is your reason for wanting it write it? Okay, yes, there's some uh, monetary gains that'll come out of it if you're going to sell your books. And yes, it looks nice to see your name um, uh, in lights and, you know, and on a book. And it's nice to say I'm a published author. Yes, that gives you esteem to say you're a published author. But your first story I think this is just me. I, I think should be your real story. Now, if you want to develop it into a character, because if you're using the character to hide behind, then you're not being authentic. True. And I did do a whole show, y'all, on being authentic. If you went off the mask, didn't I? See, call me out on myself. Call me out. Call me out. I did. I did a whole little show about being authentic and being real and no longer wearing the mask and right. standing in my truth. You don't have to. Yeah, I'm gonna get to it, y'all. I'm gonna get one thing at a time. I'm gonna get to it, though, because Miss Rita, Miss Rita Cook has been on me about it, and she always brings it up. Like I'm All ready right. whenever you are. I'm here. Hey, you're ready. That's right. Do it. <laughs> so Do it. Do she, it. She's never Stay like on her, Miss Rita Cook. <laughs> right. She's never overly pushy, but she's always like. Hey girl, hey. <laughs> like don't forget. And I'm like, I'm gonna get to yeah, it. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm a I am. I am gonna sit down and focus on it. Um I'm thinking maybe the new year will be that adventure to start off into that area. It's just some things I really need to settle on before the end of this year. And I uh -huh. want to get them cleared and done and out the way so it's not on my head. And then I Amen. can focus that brain capacity to that story and writing that book and putting it out there and then working with somebody that can help guide those thoughts, you know, organize them, I would say. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you get your writing coach and she'll help you do all that organizing, outlining, all of those things, you know, and from time to time, I do some, you know, things on my um, author's anthology page. I just did a basic writer's workshop and, you know, and it was free. 
Uh, there's going to be some things that, you know, I, and I don't, you know, even if I charge, it ain't going to be for, you know, but a, a couple subjects and it might be $39 or $29 or something like that. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm just trying to help people that want to write uh, that um, they can get prepared to it. And if they want to be a part of my anthology, that's fine. I will have another one coming out uh, in 2023. Um, I'm just kind of praying on the name right now. So, uh, but um, women are already asking me. Well, so, I definitely oh want to donate on the men's book, especially okay. you know, with where you want to distribute it to okay. in those arenas. I would love to be able to help make that distribution possible for you. Okay. I, so, thank you. Um, I definitely that. do want to contribute to, you know, okay. getting some books into those shelters. Yes, absolutely. Those clinics yes. and those places where um, mm -hmm. people are going to seek substance abuse help. You know, I've worked in mental health with the substance abuse community down in Eastern Market. And, okay. Um, it's tough to see. And I would love to, you know, I, I'm a little biased because I always feel like, you know, I, I saw where these people would come in for help and they would spend 10 minutes with a psychiatrist and walk out the door with a prescription. Mm, mm, and mm, I'm mm. like, he could not have diagnosed you in 10 minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? And what is this prescription for? Like, why? what is the script for? What is that supposed to do? Like, it's, something isn't adding up. So I would love to see though, that, that population of people get some insider help. And yeah. to be able to see themselves in the pages and possibly find some hope and some light on the other side of that and yeah. just be given a prescription and sent back out the door. Like if they're there for substance abuse, giving them a prescription is not helping that cause. It, That's right. After a 10 minute, maybe you had a conversation in 10 minutes. Like what did you do in that 10 minutes that you know what prescription to write? Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm, it, it touches me. So I definitely want to help with that particular cause. Okay, well, I appreciate that, that out there. We would appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to be taking it uh, to other states too. So uh, in fact, we already got a, a, uh, a, a date on, uh, I think 2023 in April, I believe we're going to be going to Florida and he's going to do his uh, come out, stay out. And so the book is going with him. And mm -hmm. uh, I'll be there with him. Um, you know, we're going to be selling books and, you know, giving books, uh, you know, to some of the prisons and things like that. So, yeah. I have some very good friends in um, Florida, Lulanda Monroe. Okay. Um, who does um, women empowerment. And okay. she holds conferences and workshops. Okay. And um, I have another good friend out there, uh, Crystal. She has Pure Ladies which is another um, women empowerment for younger girls and okay. they get together and they do cancer fundraisers. They do um, all type of community events and they feed the homeless and they're out in those shelters and they're mentoring. Okay. And so yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, it, you can inbox me. And if they're in, you know, any of those areas, I think we're in the Lakeland clear, a clear water area. I believe this one uh, gentleman that lives in that area, he's the one that's kind of, orchestrating everything there 
And so, um, yeah, but we'll be going there next year. And uh, we definitely want to meet some of those other men that want to write their story. Yeah, so and me my and brother also, my brother has a wonderful story to tell um, from, you know, his trials and tribulations to where he is now. He and his wife just moved to Florida. Um, okay. Their story is so beautiful. They got married, went on their honeymoon, and their honeymoon was their move. <laughs> like, <laughs> they bought a camper hitched up the truck and they did a, like a little honeymoon tour and then they ended in Florida where they're buying wow. their house and everything and that's where they are and I just love their story from you know he was he went through the, the prison system okay and came out and paid his restitution got his life together got you know got and now he's a business owner and they own properties together. They own business. That's what I'm saying. Together. Hey, some of our husbands, some of our preachers, some of our deacons, elders, they in prison. Bishop Holden said that when he was in prison, he said, God, I see more. And that's what motivated him to start his prison ministry. Because he said, I see more men in prisons, he said, than I do in churches. And that's true, you know, and, and I, that's where our men, a population of, 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 of particularly African-American men, yeah. that's where they are. And yeah. so we just, and we want to stop the pipeline from the schools to the prisons too. That's another yeah. uh, reason why we're doing this book. So these young boys is out here and, you know, and they're, you know, being uh, in gangs and, you know, getting in trouble. And then they end up going to, to jail at an early age. So we want to stop the pipeline if we can from the prisons, uh, from the schools to the prisons as well. Yeah. Amen. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm going to definitely um, pass this information on to my okay. brother as well. And, you know, maybe I don't, I think he's in like the Northern part of Florida, but okay. maybe there's some type of way he can collab and help out. Right. No, maybe he has a story he wants to tell. And right. He of it i don't know but okay. i definitely would love to see that because i believe he's an inspiration this is my biological little brother and i just believe he's such an inspiration i love this this this, this him to pieces um because of his strength and in his endurance and the way he came through it all and Amen. he was able and when everybody had counted him out and had all of these negative things to say about him he stayed strong in his conviction of I will rise. Amen. I will overcome. That's it. That's I will it. Be, I will get this done. I know the man uh, that I want to be and I will be that. And then the the help of and the love of a good woman. Yes. Who saw who saw that in him. Yes, for the and, women. <laughs> yeah. And said, hey, I'm not perfect either, but together we're gonna work this. Come out. on. That's and together on. they have just been able to build so much so much together and you know That's they have so a beautiful little girl together and everything and I just uh, love and admire their story and I love and admire them and I always tell them that um Amen. so yeah I would love to to see okay. if something he would I'll want keep to you posted yeah. I'll keep you posted yes ma'am okay so Linda I just want to thank you so much for coming on today thank and Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I have it was totally enjoyed this. I have enjoyed oh, thank this. you. I enjoyed it as well, and I I am so honored every time that anyone. I do not take it lightly uh, when people ask me to be on their broadcast or any you know any platform. 
that I can bring some resolution to, some information to, uh, just some enlightenment. Um, it's my pleasure. It's certainly my pleasure. And real quick, I almost forgot you guys. I know y'all be wanting this, the Faithfully Her Freestyle. So I just have a few little quick questions. They're like lightning round questions. First thing you think of, come to your mind. It's just a way for us to dig deeper into who you are. Okay. Okay. And then we can wrap up. All right. Okay. Are you good, you good with that? Okay. All, All right. right. So if you had a theme song, what would it be? What would be your theme song? I put it all in his hands. Amen. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. Who? Oh. If you had a superpower, what would it be? My superpower would be um, to just be more, I guess, um, of who God has called me to be. My superpower would really be that encourager, that that person that would really be the person that can uplift you and and uh, push you and uh, just you know enlighten you into knowing that you are all you you can be all that God has destined for you to be. So that that would be my. I want more of that superpower because it's so much that I see going on that I I just want people to know that you know you can be it. If you see it, you can be it. Yeah. That would be my superpower. Um, if what three words would your friends use to describe you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Probably need to ask them, but okay. Some of them, um, they know that I I'm the kind of person, first of all, that I I I am real, you know, um, not perfect. Okay. Uh, but I am real and I, and I don't have a problem um, when I make mistakes, uh, when I'm, you know, do things that don't turn out right. I don't have a problem. I don't run away from it. Um, I, I believe that, you know, I have to face my faults, mm -hmm. my mistakes and be able to, um, you know, be able to identify and then, you know, to try and correct it if, you know, that. Um, they would probably say that I'm, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm a pusher and I am, I don't take, um, you know, giving up and, and not to say that there's been times in my life that I didn't want to give up sometimes. And, and there's been times even when doing this sometimes when things went wrong, but I don't take giving up. We're going to work this out. You know, you might be feeling like, you know, I'm tired of you. <laughs> you might be feeling like you're a little angry with me, but we're going to get through it. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going we're gonna to make it work. And so uh, when you work with me, that's, that's, that's who I am and what I am. Uh, let's see. The third thing is that I love people. I, I do. I, I love people. I love God first, but I love people. And um, I, you know, I'm a friend. I'm a sister. Uh, I'm a grandmother. Um, I'm a daughter. You know, so all of those things I am. I am, you know, that that's the I am, you know, message in me. I am all of those things. And um, so, um, you know, I'm, I'll be your friend. I'll, I'll be that listening ear. I am that. I will be that. So that's those are my three things. Good. I like that. OK, you guys. So you heard it here first. <laughs> um, she is. All of those things. And it's important to have somebody like that in your life that is those things for you. Because life is hard, and when you're going through mm -hmm. it, it's even harder. 
So to have a friend or somebody that can stand with you and listen to you and get past you the tissue when you need it, that's important to have in your life. Miss Linda, do you want to leave us with a final thought or any, you know, anything that you want to leave us with? Well, I, I just want to say um, because of, um, you know, what I am that, I, you know, that I believe in, you know, God has made me to be that, like I said, the I am. My affirmations are to people that you are more than what you have become. There is always more um, mountains to climb. There's always more to overcome. And don't just settle for the fact that, yes, you have a job, but even with that, you have a purpose. And find out what your purpose is. What is that one thing that you know in life that God has created you for? And then do it to the best of your ability. Find out who you are. You know, you can look at other people and you can admire them. You can go to your, even to your church and your pastor has his purpose. But what is your purpose? Mm -hmm. And and that's a question I have for uh, people. If you cook, you know, then, then sell, you know, get, find some place. They got food trucks, all kind of things. Now, you know, be, be a cook and make money, monetize it. Uh, if you like to write, turn it into a book, monetize it. You know, if you design or make clothes, monetize it, make money at what you're doing, turn it into a stream of income and, and whatever, you know, Jesus asked that, I mean, um, uh, the prophet Elijah rather asked that woman, what's in your house? She had a little bottle of oil and she said, just some oil, just a little bit of oil and some meal. She took that and she made him a cake and she took that and turned it into a business. She took all of them vessels. He said, take them and turn it into, you know, and, and fill them and go around and sell it. She was in debt, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, people we're always waiting on and yes, you love the Lord and all of that. And we all, those of us that do, but take that that he has given you and turn it into a business. So when he comes back, like he told them, don't bury it. That man, he called him a wicked, slothful, lazy servant because he buried the talent. Don't bury your talent. Yeah. Find out what your purpose is and don't bury your talent and monetize it. That's, yeah. my, that's, that's, that's my answer. That's, that's the message that I want to leave with you. Yes. Amen to that. So you guys, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Again, Ms. Linda Hunt, who is our uh, anthology writer, mentor, coach, and all of her information will be in the description box. Her Facebook groups, her um, IG handle, books are available on Amazon. That will also be provided for you. And again, if you mention faithfully her, that you heard about her or you saw this particular show, then you will receive your book for a discounted price of $15, which is amazing. Um, so I want to thank you all for tuning in and hanging out with us today. As always, show up, show out, and shine, shine, shine. Love you all. Have a blessed day. Bye, Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>